Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, Ometeo, Tonansi, Tonato. We start out on this new road. No turning back. But we have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Dreaming them. Calling them. We are becoming what we were. It is borrowed that Maya prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku. People Jaguar or Fakal are getting back to their voices. They are becoming real to us and speaking to the people of the 20th 
history about who built this place and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapu. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the speech of Unapu. Yo, zero. Yo, yo, yo. Lost Aslan. Lost Aslan Native Podcast. Welcome back, guys. We Welcome took a little man. break, yeah. a much needed break, man. Zero, man. I I really respect your grind. You're a full blown, legendary indigenous hip hop artist, producer, and entrepreneur. Yeah, it's it's going good at Malinali. Things are things are forming there that are powerful, like. You know, groups of kids and and families and and things are like starting to participate together. You know, and enjoying each other's company and <clears throat> understanding that the challenges of getting along. So it's been it's been a lot of work. And so when we took this break, it kind of helped me breathe because you know sometimes you you don't realize how much you invest into the community that's outside of you. You know, really our pr- priority should be our families and our loved ones. If you don't have families. But um, when you're a community artist, you're obligated to do whatever you can to affect the community around you. And that's what I've been doing with Malinali Superfoods. And that's what we've been doing collectively with um, LA Natives Podcast. Well, I want to talk about plant-based Aslan. You've done, I think, what, four of them so far now, yeah, right? It's getting cool, man. Like, there's some really cool indigenous artists. And it's, it's starting to become... And for, and for new listeners that don't know what... Uh, plant-based aslan is go ahead and break it down well plant-based aslan is an indigenous market we have once a month it's the first sunday of every month and it's at 45 28 whittier boulevard which is the malinali kali and um it's it's been unique because we got some really great clothing vendors jewelry vendors a lot of um alternative herbs like you know holistic approaches we got two um, masseuse that do it from an indigenous perspective, not a a, a Swedish mas- a Swedish massage, you know, like you get at a spa, more like a healing massage. You know, there's certain things that affect the body, and they, you know, they they recognize that. You know, my partner, shout out to Jenny, she's really she's a master at that. You know, when she massages pregnant women, she has to get their uncomforts away from them, anyways. But we have that there. Yeah. At Plant Based Aslan, we have a, a a a DJ, you know. Shout out to Jen, you know. She's starting off her DJ career there, and she plays some really good music. And so, and is that survives? Survive is always welcome. Any DJ that works with us is a, um, but he hasn't been to Plant Based Aslan just yet. So who's Jen? Jen is um Jenny's friend. Oh, Jenny's friend. Yeah, she started her DJ her DJing thing. Oh, wow. At Plant-Based Aslan. Yeah, yeah. and they did a really good job this last Plant-Based Aslan. It's her and Adam, actually. Her and Adam. um, uh, It's not just Jen. So before we get into our very special guest, uh, Todd Paul from Minnesota. Yep. um, I'm super honored. We are super humbled that he uh, is joining our podcast tonight. But before we move forward, we have to talk about the open mic night. Absolutely. It's coming down Friday, April 8th. At the Malinani Superfoods, 4528 Whittier Boulevard. How has that been going? That's been good. And we're trying to be consistent with it. That's why we're having it this Friday. You know, we just usually have a little break between events. But you know what? Our community wants a place to go every week. Every place. You know, like an alternative to what 
corporations offer us, which is bars, restaurants, things, movie theaters. And, and, and places like that, you're never yourself. You, you're trying to impress. You're and trying show, to fit in and yeah, impress. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, I got the $300 sneakers. Did you see that guy? You know, it's like yeah. stupid shit. You know, right here at, at Plant Based Aslan and at Open Mic and at, um, at Malinali Superfoods in general, you're going there because the vibe is um, ancestral, it's healing, it's communal, no judgment. Everybody's at their own level, beginner to advanced. And I love that's that's what plant based aslan really is. I love the beginners, man. Uh, I've been to a few of them, and man, they are nervous before they hit the mic, but yeah. they have the motivation to show up and sign up. They, they're not scared to do it there, you know, because they see my my niece. Shout out to Atsi, which is Jenny's um, uh, niece. Man, she's hardcore. Ooh, she sings really good, and yeah. it's like, but you know, you see an eleven-year-old express themselves like that, and you go, "Well, I write poetry, or I want to express this part." I, you know, I read this. It doesn't have to be poetry, man. You could read something that that you read in a book, and you felt like that part hit you so much, you want to share it with the community, you want to share it with the world, you want to share it with whoever's there, right? Because it it impacted that. That's what that open mic is there for, you know. So, um. I talked to Teso Somok. He's probably going to show up tomorrow. Legendary Teso Somok, man. Quite honestly, one of the dopest indigenous spoken word oh, artists yeah. in one the, the world. Top five. Easy. Top five. Easy. easy. That was bad. Like, literally top five. For me, he's top three. Yeah, he's bad. Well, maybe number one. I yeah. can't really think he, of anyone no, he's else. A, he's, he's a master poet. That guy. Like, that's what I told him. I told him, I go, look, dude, if you show up on Friday, it's an honor for them to see you because... You see structure in the poetry. You see. Um, let's make sure he has a set on June twenty fifth. Yeah, let's do that. I want to make sure that happens, man. Yeah. Because so yeah, the word that's in the works. Oh you know? man, guys, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. If anyone was there last year, you guys know what we're gonna bring. That venue was at capacity. There was over 250, 300 people there. We had about six to eight vendors. Some of the best indigenous hip hop artists there, man. And now we're bringing the, the the program back, but we got surprise headliners that we are planning to bring out. Yeah, we're planning to fly them out. We will be announcing them really, really, really soon. Shout out to Boogsy, he's in the chat. Boogs, I haven't forgotten, bro. Believe me, I haven't forgotten. You know what we're talking about. So yes. <laughs> it's a, it. I. He yeah. just said he ran out of the Malanani Superfood. I know. That's that's what we're talking about. Is I had to get to. It's because I, I opened the store at 730, and I don't leave there till 730 at night. So now I have to just be like, okay, cool. I have to take at least 30 minutes to do this. Right. <laughs> now, anyone that's watching us live, all you early birds, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. If there's any indigenous hip-hop artists you guys want on this show that hasn't been interviewed yet, please make sure you guys leave it in the comment section. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are doing everything we can to get to a thousand subscribers, guys. We're at about 650. Just get us to a thousand and we will be happy. Right, Zero? Uh, yeah, that's about, I was about to talk about that. Like, it's really important if you feel like, cause I get some people come to the, sh the store and say how important this show is to them or the events that we put on or the workshops that we offer, how important it is. It's not it ultimately is our job to promote it, but the best movements start grassroots, word to mouth. Recommend your family, your friends, your, your nephew, whoever it is, get them on this show. Because this is the same thing that happens at 
Malinalikali, but we're virtual, right? So it's important. We we should. I hate to say this, but the challenge is LA natives, LA podcast. We should have already been at two thousand, three thousand. Yep. We should have been cran, cran, transcontinental. This is a Nawak we're talking about, and but we're yet, at the but, we're but at yet, the mega city of 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 this continent, bro, Los Angeles. But yet, when we organize the events, they come out. Yeah, the droves. No, I, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to to rag on anybody. I'm just saying, let's do our part to share. I, me and you take a long time to get here. Yes, I work you know 14 hours a day, and I still feel excited to come and do this podcast. All we ask is that you share this message with other people so that we can have a strong community. But so we, we can have a strong economic base, and but we, we appreciate everyone watching though. A lot absolutely, of people watch and absolutely. listen. Absolutely. But just take that extra step, share it to someone that, that uh, is not familiar with our podcast, and most importantly, s- tell them to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you are not subscribed, subscribe yourself. Look, I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on from the subject, but I want you, to, you guys to be very clear. We're in a very particular time right here, okay? We're in a time where we can develop our community to be self-sustaining if we share the information each one teach one, right? If, if, if you're into this at a high level, you've been studying it for 20 years, great. You should have 100 people watching this show, right? If you're an entry level dude, you should have 20 people watching this show because you, you're going to interest 20 people. Now, when you, when you come to the show, we're going to make it mutually beneficial, monetarily, um, materially with like clothing jewelry we have to make it so that we're we're swishing the energy around our community so it's going to be mutual benefiting to understand that the nft launches that we're going to do from the show can be monetarily beneficial to you we need to be strong we need to be one community we need to be one continent and it's time we should have already been at a thousand and I appreciate everybody, the 600 that we have. I love you. I want to hug you and know that I still grind it out at Malinali. And I'll still come and do this podcast with all my heart and all my love. And you're writing some of the dopest new material that I can't wait to people listen to. Yeah, we got Global Pandemic coming out and we got Urban Native. Those are two songs produced by DJ Warlock One. Right? Um, so... Global Pandemic was produced by uh, DJ Warlock One. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Urban Native is, is produced by DJ Warlock One. Um, Quinto Sol, yes. the singer of Quinto Sol, produced my Global Pandemic. Because that's that like, going to be hard. Th- these are two very different hip-hop approaches that I'm taking. Like I, I was telling Armando before the podcast that I, I feel like I'm, I'm behind in my sound. Like I'm four years, five years behind in my sound because I would usually be in my studio daily. But... I used to own a business and hard times hit. And I'm, I, I wasn't afforded that anymore. Until Armando came and said, hey, let's do um, LA Natives. Actually, he wanted me to put out a record. And we said this before on the podcast. But I said, let's do a podcast. Let's do this. And we, and we started doing it. And now we're here. And, and now we need you. And, and this community needs to be solid. It needs to be 100,000. Right. And we have a very special guest in the building uh, he's from Minnesota, Tall Paul. We're about to bring him in in about 10, 15 seconds, guys. 
Absolutely. So don't, I hope people don't, I'm saying this with fire because we have an opportunity to help each other, right? Armando knows many hip hop artists. We can put on many shows. We can, we know so many graphic design artists. We can create our own community through this NFT world. We have so many connections, but we need to be united. We need to be at one central point of information that spans off into other podcasts. Cause I know there's other podcasts out there. We need to be the cent- we're, we're in Los Angeles. And this is why I like interviewing um, up-and-coming hip-hop artists, hip-hop artists that, that I feel, you know, that are not from Los Angeles. This is our opportunity to showcase somebody outside of Los Angeles. Minnesota. Which is Minnesota. Let's and, go ahead and... Which is Tall Paul. Let's go ahead and bring in Tall Paul. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. Hey, hey. What up, y'all? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yo, man, I want to thank you again. I, I know I, I thanked you uh, off air, but man, on air, guys, I want to thank you humbly and respectfully for joining our podcast, brother. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate y'all being uh, uh, inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I made it. A, Armando and I had an, an idea of, of like showcasing individuals that are indigenous of indigenous background. Not necessarily have to have an indigenous message because we talk to a lot of indigenous artists like. Um, that are focused more on hip-hop side of things. You know what I mean? Just probably, I've listened to some of your music, which is more really boom back and really fire. Um, but to really showcase people from Los Angeles, you know, when, when you get an interview in Los Angeles, especially with the groups, the, the people and the crowd that we're cultivating here, it's, gonna, it's starting to become a movement. So when, when you come on LA Natives, that you become a part of that. You know what I mean? And part we, of that ecosystem. Yeah, that ecosystem. Exactly, that's what I was trying to say. Where we gonna tell our 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 audience to go listen to you, you know, go listen to this person, support this person, follow share this him. person, follow him, um, buy his merch. He's relevant. He's relevant to our message collectively, and whatever that is, because on LA Natives we don't judge, we don't do any of that. You know, we've had Christian rappers, you know, and people know how I feel about religion, you know, but I don't judge because they're Christian. I I let everybody. But have they their fall voice. into the quote unquote. Uh, Native or indigenous hip hop category, yeah, and and that's their message. That's if it's a category, and that's their message, you know. Yeah. So, because I mean, I know Superman like has some Christian um, songs, right? So, so Topol, I have a question for you. Do you, talking about categories is indigenous hip hop a quote unquote category for you, or is native hip hop a category, or are you just like strictly hip hop, bro? Um, I think I'm naturally. Uh, a part of native hip hop or indigenous hip hop, just yeah. because I identify as that, obviously, you know, it's a big part of who I am in my life, but also definitely, you know, I just feel like I'm a hip hop artist in general, you know, um, at one point, I, uh, at, at one point, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, native hip hop, um, was kind of putting native MCs into a box that would kind of keep us gridlocked to just that community and not, not enable us to get outside of that. But, um, as I grew over time, I realized that it was actually, you know, not, not an issue. It's not an issue. And, um, it's beneficial if anything, you know, um, it's part of what makes us different and, and our perspectives as indigenous MCs are important, you know, and they definitely make us different. So it's something I embrace. That's a very good point because I think across the races of the world, they always turn around and listen to somebody who is native, right? Even in the movies, like 
you know, oh, wow, there's the wise native. He's going to say something or somebody, you know, comes across, you know, save Mother Earth. It comes usually comes from a native mouth. Right. To do it in a modern sense through hip hop. Um, what what are your your motivations? Like what what is your your root source of, of inspiration when you write? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Like, is it coming? About, is, like, what got me into it, man? What got me into it is, uh, I just wanted to inspire people and uh, motivate people. That was my, that, that's really what got me into hip hop as an MC mm. was just being an inspiration and a motivator for others. Because uh, growing up, like I did, you know, music was an inspiration and a motivator for me. So I just wanted to uh, reciprocate that energy. That's dope. And what, and what age did you start? I started writing when I was like, 14 13 14 years old or so wow that's good that's cool yep. and, and then when did you feel like okay cool because I, I, I know I, i'm i relate with you because that's the time i started my poetry right but i didn't feel confident about what i've written what like inner in this would be like inside of me right you wrote i don't know if you went through this but i was pretty insecure about all the writings that i've had privately not in, in the public or when people talked about whatever I wrote, it was always, I was always confident, but privately I was like, damn, someone's going to find out that I'm not that good. Right. When did you, do you, did you ever feel that? Or, or when did you feel that you didn't have, I, I there came a point where I was just like, wow, I spent a lot of time writing these poems. So naturally I have to be very good at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you ever, did you ever experience something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like even to this day, sometimes I experience a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. One way I think of it is like when I write a song, that's a that's like a picture in that time frame or in that timeline of my life, you know. So, so a song I wrote eight years ago or something, I may not feel the same as I did back then. Mm. And, uh, you know, that may or may not lead me to take that song offline, you know, depending on the content and how much I disagree with it now or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, everything's just every day is a snapshot in our lives and that we grow and evolve and change all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still points when I take music down that I no longer um, either don't like it like aesthetically or sonically or else um, I I don't like something about what I said. That's something I actually uh, do do quite often, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just part of my process, you know, just trying to make sure that my music is reflecting. Um my my views currently but also reflecting some that i would want my kids to listen to mm-hmm. and hear from me because that's a big thing you know like um even when i'm dead and gone my voice is still going to be on record and you know what do i want to be remembered for what is my legacy going to be mm-hmm. so there's some things you know i had some controversial music in my own opinion from some years ago that i took down just because i was like you know what that's where i was at that point in time in my life but i've matured a little bit and you know, I now got a son that's growing up and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's it's, interesting. Uh, it's different. That's interesting. This is the first time I've heard an artist say that I've taken down like. Um, rec- like you're talking about from Spotify, right? Or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or Bandcamp, whatever it yeah. might be. Um, that You know, this is the first time I've ever heard an artist. Because even when when you create something a whole long time ago. You never feel like you're like, oh, I don't want people to hear that no more. I, at least that's the way I feel, you know, because, but now that you said that, I, I could relate to it. 
Maybe because when I started pressing music, you had to actually press it, so you can't really take it back unless all the CDs are lost or thrown away or given away, right? Then you just don't press more. But nowadays, it's like on a sticky paper on the web, and you're like, ah, fuck it. I don't like this one no more. I'm just going to take it down, right? And that's, it's, a, it's a crazy evolution. That's why I feel myself that I'm behind like four or five years um, in creating and, and uh, you know, start to finish, you know, uploading it, all that. Um, it's interesting perspective to hear that coming from you. You know, it's a cool perspective where you can do that. And it's almost like, um, like you know, artists going through a phase that they only paint in blue, right? And because that's what they thought was cool at the time. Right. And then and maybe it didn't take off. Maybe it did. And, then, and if it did, they're like, oh, I don't want to ever paint in blue again. You know, where where their most money made was when they painted in blue, which is crazy. You know, to it's it, what I'm saying. It's very hard to as an artist to take anything down. Right. Or to say, I'm not going to do that. The best ones do that. The best ones go, I'm going to evolve into something different. I can't I can't sound nothing like that. And to take it off and to not even have people reference it is is an interesting thing. I actually respect artists that choose to take down some of their older material. Right. Because sometimes it could just bite you in the ass. Once you get to a certain level in your career. Sure. I agree. But yet there's other artists. If you're going to go corporate. Like when you talk corporate mainstream. Yes. You know. Yes. Venture. Do, do Do you aspire to be that? Corporate, mainstream. Um. Nah, not at this point. Um, there was a point in time where, you know, I had, uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily aspired it. I would say that um, if it got to that point, I would have welcomed it, mm-hmm. you know, but now, um, now it's not something that I think about. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of, it's just more about the music in general. So you're strictly like um, independent. So you, you'll, produce your shirt and you'll produce your music and and you're not going to rely on anybody but yourself to create this like oh no i I still rely on other people but as Mm -hmm. far as like going like major um it it was never like a focused goal of mine to get a record deal or anything like that you know what i mean i just wanted to make the music that um felt good to my soul Mm -hmm. and then you know whoever naturally related to that um that that was cool you know and how and do you have a distributor now you have a label you work with now or no, I don't got no uh, label. I just do everything myself as far as distribution goes. You know, right. I use them uh, mainstream distributors like DistroKid. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got homies who make beats and stuff like that because I don't I don't produce my beats. Oh, that's cool. So I got producers. I got producers I work with. You know, sound engineers and things like that. That's I'm cool. Collaborators. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm not like on no label. That's cool. Well, that's what I was trying to say is that he keeps it underground. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the that's most world. That's about. real money, though. Really, honestly, when you do it like your way you're doing it, that's when you see real like monetization of, of whatever it is, because it's going to be how clever you are about monetizing your lyrics or, you know, whatever it is, because it has to go on to some sort of a merchandise. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I heard y'all talking a little bit about NFTs. I'd be excited to see what y'all come up with. Yeah, well, over here, we're, since, <clears throat> since we do live in Los Angeles, we have so many opportunities to um, tie in um, what they call in-live events to the NFTs. And there's so many artists out here. So, yeah, we're, we're in, in talks. We're ready to launch. Actually, one of, one of Aurelio's friends is a CEO who funds NFTs. They're just more the computer side. Right. So 
it's it's it there's a lot of opportunity and that's what i was trying to say at the beginning of the podcast is like it's kind of like what we're doing with you brothers like you're from minnesota and we have a little bit of a niche audience out here in los angeles and we want to expose your music to it because armando he he spends a lot of time trying to figure out who who we're going to interview and the fact that you're on the show means that you have a message so um you know, that's what we try to do is expose you to Los Angeles market. And, and when you come down here, we try to put, you know, if if you're available and if Armando feels like, you know, we're going to do a show and stuff like that, like we're going to do with. Um, on June 25th, you know, we, we set up shows down here, so it's it's really of a network of 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 indigenous artists that are reclaiming their indigeneity and using their social media and and platforms to to really help create an economy with within our community right because you know i i would love for you to come on this podcast and say hey man i sold 10 shirts after it that'd be man that'd be love i would feel like very happy about that you know if you sold a hundred a thousand that's the point right that we have to have this communal thing because we used to as indigenous people trade a lot you know i'm sure we went hey we're gonna go sit we're gonna go to this direction and when we go that direction while well, we stop here and we're gonna trade this with them and we're gonna eat and we're gonna commiserate or whatever so we're trying to create an indigenous network through alienated podcast and so exposing you to this market is like priority you know no yeah i appreciate that that's dope what y'all are doing i love la um been out there a few times and it's always love, you know. I love being just out there in the sun, you know, in the sand and the water and all that. You okay. know, coming from Minnesota, I especially appreciate that, you know. Yeah, when um when Felipe used to come from Los Nativos, he used to always want to go to the beach. And I just thought it was weird. Like it's like, why do you want to go to the mm-hmm. beach? And he's like, dude, I live in Minnesota. <laughs> like yeah. my friend Chilan was the same way. He was like, dude, we gotta go to the beach right now. And I'm like, bro, you just got here. He's like, dude, I live in Arizona. There's no beach there. I gotta go. So cool. Yeah. So we would go. So I understand the, yeah, the fascination with it. But so have you ever made music out here? No, I've never uh, made no music out there. Mm. I've done shows. Out, I've done a few shows out there. I'm um, in California in general. Um, oh, that's cool. Where you? Where have yeah. you played? Uh, I did uh, a college up in San Luis Obispo. A oh, college okay. Right out, right, right around LA. You know what I mean? Santa like, Barbara. Got a lot of little uh-huh. districts or whatever you call them in Los Angeles. So I don't know was considered Los Angeles. Oh, but you did like college venues. Yeah, college venues out in uh the Los Angeles area. Cool. And, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Right on. Well Armando books the, the catch one here in Los Angeles, Tom Pico. And uh it's a pretty cool premiere. It's like an old jazz club that they converted and it's it's a really dope venue. So we've been putting shows on there and hopefully one day, you know, we can invite you out there and and, and you can share your message. But you know, kinda give get kinda give people the the gist of what 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 you rap about or what what your message is um yeah i don't know uh it's, it's it can be different you know i feel like or talk about your latest my, track your latest track my latest track um so i just released the ep actually so i could talk about and i mean Perfect. that ep the, the theme of this ep is called it's it's future ancestors is what it's called and the theme oh. of it was just you know thinking about the fact that we're all here living today but we're future ancestors you know so i try to think about 
future generations and in, inspired my listeners to think about future generations in their actions, you know what I mean? And in their words and their thoughts. Um, and, and it's from many things from like financial literacy to, you know, our spirituality and just the way we behave and act on a daily basis. I like so, the uh, I like the title yeah. of of the of the EP Future Ancestors. Yeah. That's a that's a really cool um, concept, you know, because we always do things, and I think it's a cooler way of saying seven generations, right? Because we do things for the seven generations. Yeah, yep. so it's the same thing. Yeah, same concept, you know. Just thinking, um, <coughs> thinking ahead, thinking about, you know, what am I going to leave behind for my grandkids? What teachings will I um, leave them? You know, what uh, values am I instilling in my son so that he can instill those same values in his kids? If he has any, you know, um, mm. so that, that's really what. And that's um, what also, I also. And, and, and do you know what I noticed uh, a lot about your music, Tall Paul, that you incorporate financial independence in your music, bro. You're, you're really big on that, man. It's give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah. So when 2020 came um, music wise, as far as like my career went financially, 2020 was going to be the best year of my, my music career. Mm. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and everything was like um, canceled within a few days. Yeah. So I was just like, whoa, you know what I mean? And then, then that made me realize like, I got to pick up some different hustles outside of music and uh, you know, some uh, pandemic proof, recession proof hustles and things like that. And also get into, you know, making this money work for me. And not just where we're working, you know, the quote unquote nine to five for money, you know, because um, it's important that our money can grow instead of being stagnant in a in a bank account that gets point zero two interest on it. You know what I mean? When inflation's at like damn near eight percent. So you're losing money just keeping it in a regular checking account, you know. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, got inspired to learn more about financial literacy and investing, saving money, um, doing all of that, you know, life insurance. I was getting into all these different topics, um, learning about them. And then I started investing myself because of what happened with all my gigs getting canceled in 2020, you know? Damn. So yeah, that's kind of how, how that uh, started. I mean, I was, I was, you know, there was always a subtle interest in it. I can remember, you know, probably five, 10 years ago thinking about investing in stocks and things like that. I just never, never dug in, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you saw, you saw success with that during, during, uh, during the pandemic yeah i mean it's not like a get rich quick thing you know what i mean not unless you make a lot of money and i definitely don't make a lot of money but uh it's more of a uh, get rich slow type of thing and being smart about it because you can also lose money in it obviously you know but mm -hmm. i am seeing some success you know a little it, it gives it gives you hope when you invest your money and, and where do you, uh, you and do you have it, it in crypto it grow, you know what i mean you do, said what? Are you having it? You, do you have it in crypto? Is that what you're talking about? Crypto or? Oh, I got some in crypto. Got some in in stocks, and then I also got some NFTs. Oh, cool. So you um, do a little you, bit more speculative, but yeah. You so, you've done the NFT stuff. A little bit, yep. That's yeah, I've cool. Invested in some NFTs and things like that. Yep. My buddy, my like my buddy was on um, the other day uh, on the podcast. It was like two or three podcasts ago, and we were talking about, and he he's done most of the the investment in nfts and it's done really really well like he i asked him oh how's it going with your nft thing he's all life-changing when someone says life-changing that means he he hit some some homers with that one and yeah. and the cool thing is that i like about him is again he's coming back to me and i'm associated with alienated podcast and he's telling me this is what you have to do and this is how you could do it and this is the new move and 
And um, and so I want to bring that to the community as well, just like your your education or financial literacy, because that that's important, man. If we can learn that at 15 years old and get a grasp of it, understand it, you won't just go get a credit card and just fucking be in debt by the time you're like 22. So you know? so many people are so impatient on growing their wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. You know a lot. About yeah, that. I know a lot about it. I personally have a, a M1 finance account, a good pie, and I only invest in uh, ETFs. And in Vanguard specifically, because it's the safest ETFs that you could invest in. Uh. Um, I don't gamble. I don't trade. I invest. Do you feel me, Tall Paul? No, I feel you all the way on that. And that's why he, uh, he mentions like his homie who kind of life-changing experience with the NFTs. Um, I, I would say that's by far the exception in the rule. Um, Got to be careful with them NFTs because uh, the more, majority of them, are gonna lose most people money. Um, yeah, yeah. But definitely, there are some there are some out there that are uh, definitely valuable, especially when you build a community around it, like y'all here are trying to do here. Yeah. Um. When when there's actually a community and it's not just about the money, it's also about the art and and the people behind it. That's when it's uh, successful. But yeah, definitely the Vanguard ETFs. Um, that's what I'm in, you know, and then some uh, individual growth stocks and things like that well i you know I, i'm a big fan of the t-fang tesla facebook apple um big netflix netflix <laughs> and google right tell paul like you know a lot of people have to understand man that these companies have a chokehold on our lives man yeah and whether we like it or not they're going to continue to grow we and if there's it. anyone out there listening man um, open your, yourself up a, a Webull account or a, a M1 account or, you know, communicate with a financial advisor and, and, and start investing. Like for me personally, any money that I put into my investment accounts, I don't plan on ever, uh, you know, withdrawing th- this money because I'm constantly seeing it grow over time. Yeah. You know, and sure. I really appreciate how Top Paw not only uh, is an advocate for that, but he actually incorporates it in his music subliminally sometimes, you know, just as dope metaphors. And he just blends it right in and makes dope hip hop out of That's it. That's not easy. That's not easy at all, Top Paul. I don't know how anybody could make stockbroking or, or you know what I mean? Like Just off the few <laughs> tracks that I heard, it's mm-hmm. just like it's hitting me in my face. Like, yo, man, like Top Paul is not only a, one of the dopest indigenous hip hop artists I've heard, but man, like it, it's it, it's. It's educational and it, there's substance behind it. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, tall Paul. Man, that long-term mentality, you know. Salute on that, because that's like, like you said, too many people is trying to get rich fast and invest, and you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, be conservative with it a little bit and uh, let that money grow. Don't ever pull it out, like you mentioned. Okay, so let's go right, right into um, your tribe. Is it the Ojibwa? Ojibwe. Yep. Ojibwe. Yep, absolutely. And that's in, it's like, it's it's scattered uh, across Canada, Minnesota, North Dakota, right? Yes, yeah, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, um, Canada. And I'm sure, you know, we spread out like everybody else does a little bit. But yeah, that's kind of like the core of where our tribe is, like the Great Lakes region up in the Midwest. And that's lovely, right, Zero, that... You know, a podcast out of L.A. could showcase an artist like Tall Paul. Not only his dope music, but the tribe that he's from. Yeah. 
yeah, if he's definitely connected to it. Because, you know, a lot of what we do here at, at Las Aslan is that some of us don't have privy to that. You know, we don't have privy to that information because our, our grandparents or our great-grandparents have been colonized for so long that, you know, we know it's in us, but, you know, we grab onto what we can. And so when we grab a brother that, that knows exactly where his tribe's from and he could, from what I've researched on your page, you rap in Ojibwe, right? Yeah, I got one song where I do. And then there's, you know, I, I mix it in a little bit here and there, some words and stuff in other songs. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Because you're keeping an ancient tongue alive and, and sh- having it give it its its rightful due. You know what I mean? Like it, when you speak that language, you're telling colonizers that came in Manifest Destiny that you're still here. You know, when they wanted to wipe you out, that was their intention. Completely what like me. Like they can't like, I don't know where I'm from. I don't know what the tribe is. You know, my grandmother couldn't tell me that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, not you, because you're not, raised in the concrete jungle of East Los, right? Exactly. But my indigenous heart has always been with me. You know, I found myself in Anipis. I found myself in Sundances. I found myself in places. I found other other brothers like me who didn't have the references that 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 others grow up with there too, right? And we met brothers from who were Ojibwe and who were Lakota and who were Dene and who were, and we all became one family. You know, like. In, in in ceremony right now we have yeah, to yeah. now we have to practice it in life not just in ceremony we have to go hey this is a business that revolves around indigenous healing or this is a business that revolves in indigenous fashion this is a a, a recording artist from an indigenous that's what me and armando's real goal the big picture is that that's what it is you know yeah yeah no and doubt. and on your instagram you, you said you're the first mc to rap in ojibwe right yeah, as far as I'm aware. That's um, cool. As far as I'm aware of, yeah. That's fucking That's cool dope. as fuck. Right? That's cool yeah. as fuck. That's cool. So, um, what what about your spirituality? How, 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 how do you, you know, how does that relate into your music? Um, spirituality. Um, I speak on it a little bit in some songs. Like, there's a track on this EP I released called Creator Got Me. I, I get into it a little bit. Mm. But uh, I think it just, you know, it naturally flows into my music because it influences who I am as a person in a big way, you know. Mm. So it's important. Do you go to the um, what what ceremonies are the ones that really kind of hit you and give you cleansing? And um, Primarily for me, it was uh, like the sweat lodge. You know, it's been a little bit since I've been. But um, now, you know what I mean? Uh, as I've grown, I realized that I don't necessarily need ceremony in order to get in touch with my spirituality. You know what I mean? Just like um, I never needed a church or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I can uh, I can get I can I can get uh, some sage and burn it and smudge at home, lay my tobacco out, give thanks. You know, and and that, that's all I need, really. That, that but, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself because you know, with this pandemic, a lot of things shifted. You know. A lot of elders were like, huh, I'm not going to do things, you know, and we got we got like like a baby getting their, you know, breast taken away. We're like, what? What happened? Worried about us. And and then and then I just said, you know what? I just said, you know what? Every solstice, I'm burning my fire. I'm putting my tobacco. I'm, I'm saying my prayer, you know, and I did it myself. And I think the time came where it was like time to take care of yourself, you know, and and when you're. 
um, you learn to appreciate when you can go do those things um, versus, oh, what happened to my Sunday mass, you know, of, of sweat lodge, you know, just comparably. Not, not that we're going Christian. I'm just saying that, you know, we got used to it like we go to church, you know, and, yeah. and uh, I could see where you're coming from when you say stuff, when you said that. Like, you know what? I ultimately am my own spiritual guide. Right. At a certain age, you, you, you feel that way, you know, where you feel like, you know what? And then you contribute and you and you respect those that do the ceremonies to earn their seat, you know, in, in uh, yeah. leading the ceremony. You know, uh, according to your Instagram, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, a permit to carry instructor is that to carry a firearm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, much respect, bro, because out here in L.A. and Cali, man, it's it, it, it's it's quite possibly illegal to carry out here. You know what I'm saying? Publicly. Or yeah, you can't carry license. it on your waist. Right. Like You could carry it in your trunk and it has to be on whatever. You know what I mean? Like the, the chamber and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and sometimes carry. I personally carry when I go out in public, but I have to hide it. I have to put it, you know what I'm saying? I can't let anyone know. And I just wish those laws changed. And man, well, good luck in California. What was your way. motivation on not only being a proponent on, on on caring, but being an instructor behind that? Yeah, man. Uh, it was crazy, you know, when everything happened with George Floyd, when them cops murdered George Floyd, and the uh, uprising that took place after that. Um, mm. It was wild. I don't know if you ever watched that movie Purge, but it, it, it seemed like that a little bit, like out on our wow. main streets out here. Like it was wild, man. It was crazy. Wow. I mean, it wasn't as bad as that movie, you know what I'm saying? But that's what it gave me the vibe. You know, people was uh, up in arms, you know what I'm saying? It was just normal for you that could just two, get three trampled. week period. Two, three week period. It was, it was normal to see people just uh, running red lights, um, standing outside their shops with assault rifles you know what i mean and um yeah i mean i was part of uh, this whole patrol that was uh holding things down for the native community just making sure that our people were safe in the community and that our businesses and uh properties and things like that and that we have were safe and not being vandalized you know um there was like this group of young white kids like 18 years old or something that came from wisconsin and we caught them trying to break into some uh, stores around this native uh, area. And um, we asked them, like, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we just came here for fun. You know what I mean? So you had a lot of that, a lot of outsiders come in to take advantage of, of the uprising so they could riot and steal, you know what I'm saying, and make money or, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. breaking into liquor stores and whatnot. I know what that, so, um, I, I kind of know what that's like because I was here when the Rodney King thing happened in Los Angeles. And that was fucking yeah. scary as fuck. Oh, yeah. If you was there, you you know. And uh, yeah. so that whole situation, man, like seeing seeing people get ruthless, you know what I mean? Seeing seeing people uh, seeing people get ruthless. and um, You can almost get just trampled just, by people that are just feel like I could do anything right now and, you know, fuck well, you. you know <laughs> yeah, if you was crossing the street at the wrong time and a car just went flying down Lake Street over here and you get hit or something, like the cops wasn't going to help, you know what I'm saying? And not that we call the cops anyway, but like nobody gave a shit except for the community, you know, we had to right. take care of our own. So that's why I got into the permit to carry thing and ed- trying to educate the indigenous community and the black community and, you know, just people of color and people from other oppressed um, situations, you know, trying to educate them on 
safe firearms handling, um, how to get that permit to carry so they can carry legally and not be, you know, on, on some illegal shit. And um, yeah, that, that that's what it was. And uh, really another part of it was providing that relatable access point to them for safe and responsible firearm ownership and experience. Because, um, you know, I remember when I had to go get my permit to carry, <clears throat> I had to drive like a half hour out of the city to the boondocks. And it was like this all old middle-aged white men, Trump flags flying and shit like that. You know what I mean? And they're in the class justifying police brutality and things like that. I was like, man, our community don't need to deal with that. You know, we can uh, become instructors ourselves and they can have somebody relatable to learn from. Yeah, correct. Uh, I really appreciate you saying that because off the bat, a lot of people would think you're a right-wing extremist if you're like pro-gun, carry license and all that bullshit bro but it's really not like that man sometimes you just have to really protect yourself in the community behind it you know yeah yeah no i get that too like if, and that's just like a lot of people who uh um have bad experiences you know what i mean they, they have a negative connotation of firearms because the only time you ever see them on tv or on the radio whatever is when they're being <laughs> talked about in relation to like murder or something like that you know what i mean it's like uh, they, 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 the TV and the music sometimes creates fantasies about like, oh yeah, murder and shit like that. And, and that's not really a firearm is just a tool. You know what I'm saying? Just like, um, a car is a tool, you know what I'm saying? Like you can get in a car and go run somebody over, you know what I'm saying? That don't mean the car is dangerous. It, it, it matters who's driving it. Right. So a firearm is a tool. And if you're responsible and respectful of it, um, nothing's going to happen unless, you know, you, you come into a real life situation where you need to defend yourself. But yeah. And, and that's something that I had to learn myself. So I also understand why people have, um, misconceptions about firearms, especially when things in your city are out of control. Like, you yeah, know, the first thing you look for is like, where's the gun? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, when, when, when I saw what happened to George Floyd, I was disgusted. Yeah, but For, it was it was done like purposefully, in my opinion, like they had to do it because they're trying to. I mean, think about it. What what happened after that? The marches and then the bricks, right? The bricks are right there. It's like they're setting they're trying to set everybody up to accept this. You know, they want people to riot because they have better equipment than than people in the street with bricks. Yeah, they have tanks, they have helicopters, they have snipers, they have. So many things. They want you to be pissed off, right? Yeah, no, I definitely see that, and I believe it. You know, there there was some question about, like, who really kicked that off here, you know what I mean? And there was some question about whether it was uh, potentially, like, a law enforcement because there was some strange white guy who was uh, wearing a mask and everything, and he's just suited up. He had, I think he had, like, a jumpsuit on or something. Nobody could tell. I wasn't there, but I seen the videos and I guess this dude put a rock through some building, which kind of kicked everything off mm -hmm. um, as far as I could tell. But some other people said that he didn't start it, you know, I, so I don't really know what the facts are of that. But uh, definitely I can see why um, law enforcement and, and, you know, the government in general would want want that to happen, you know, because they can lock people up and, um, you know, they just whatever, feel like whatever they their have, motives are. They, I even heard that there was, you know pre-planned placed brick pallets yeah there. that's what i'm talking about oh yeah and the, yeah and, no no i think there was um I, I didn't see him personally but i think i heard about those yeah 
Yeah, they're, they're... And, and, and you know it's, it's like that's not something new or nothing, you know, because you, you hear stories about like I'm sure it's happened in L.A. You know what I mean? Especially during riots and things like that. Um, I know it. Ha- I've heard of it happening in Chicago, like even firearms. You know what I'm saying? It'll be a random box of guns just sitting in the middle of the street in Southside Chicago. You know, I, yeah. I hear those kind of stories. So no, definitely, it... I think um, they were definitely putting pallets out there with bricks. You know, and, um, encouraging people to get like that. Yeah, I mean, over here, what happened with George George Floyd and all the protests over here, there's clear video of, of um, police officers in uniform breaking windows, right? As the crowd is marching, they're, like, breaking windows, right? So then everybody turns around. They go, oh, yeah, let's break windows. And then as soon as the crowd starts breaking windows, well, then they come in with the riot gear. They come in with equipment, you know? They were shooting people, like, point blank with those rubber bullets and shit like literally there's videos of it yeah they have better equipment they're itching to use that equipment but we don't bite you know what i mean we don't we don't swarm them right right because we haven't gotten to that place yet it's not like australia you know and and then that stemmed off to propelling blm black lives matter Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people on the fence about that pro blm you know con blm um, as far as I know, you know, from what I've, you know, researched, you know, these, uh, these, these co-founders are like buying million dollar mansions now with the money that they raise and like the NBA had BLM on their, on their, uh, on their courts, mm-hmm. you know, the NFL was backing up BLM, but I don't know. I just saw a big money making scheme mm-hmm. between the police, corporate media, just race baiting. Mm-hmm. But we all know what was it what it was really about. Zero. Well, it, it, it all stems from these events, right? They 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 know exactly what happens when when someone's filming someone getting killed. And the way they killed George Floyd wasn't like usually here in LA, they drive you to an alley, it's like nobody around, and they're choking you out. Right. That what happened to George Floyd happened right in the middle of the street. Yeah. Right. They're looking, they're seeing, they're, they're showing you we're going to murder this dude. Right. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And that's the problem, man. Uh, I see people commenting saying like George Floyd was a thug or whatever. Like none of that's relevant to like uh, being being treated the way he was treated. You know, absolutely. Um, if I if I, you know, go in the store with counterfeit money, knowing or unknowingly. It doesn't justify a cop putting their knee into my neck and back and, you know, suffocating me on camera for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. You know what I mean? Like all of us got some type of dirt we involved or have been involved in. You know what I'm saying? We've all mm-hmm. made mistakes. Ain't none of us perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, our mistakes don't justify a cop doing something like that to us on camera, you know? So, yeah. And, and But see, that propaganda creates people <laughs> commenting like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's... It's like tunnel vision, right, Zero? Well, you get one perspective, especially if you're if you're dumbed if you're dumbed down enough to just follow what corporate media says. Well, this is this is what I see, right? I see back in the days in the '60s when when news reports would report something and you didn't agree with it, your dad didn't agree with it, or your grandpa didn't agree, they would yell at the TV, right? Ah, oh, fuck that! I don't agree with that, and fuck that. Nowadays, you get to actually say that and put it on a comment. Now you got to get to see your, your voice come into like a, 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 a collective arena of opinions when before 
you were trapped in your house as your dad or your uncle or your mom or your dad started ranting about what they're disagreed upon. Now this phone, this cell phone, this smartphone, this supercomputer allows you to let everyone know what you feel, right? And so that's how it gets like you, what you call the echo chamber or focused in on. Because that was the one thing about George Floyd that I, that I remember, how fast that just spread. It just like, boom, next, you know, it happened a few hours ago in, what's it call it? And then by, you know, dinner time, everyone knew about it. Everybody was mad. Everybody wanted to protest. There was, you know, it just, they knew that. They knew yeah. that. They knew that. You That's saw what, dollar signs. They knew that. They, they said, we need to lock this shit down. I have to say, I personally am disgusted with police officers. I hate them to the T. When I was younger, when I was in jail, they fucked with me, physically hurt me, beat me in jail. Just to get the rocks off or some shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I might have been mouthy, but they, they had no right to like take me to a separate room and like fight me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when I was younger, as a teenager, I was always fucked with, man. Yeah, I made bad decisions, but they treated me like shit. Mm. And to this day, I, 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 I'm in resentment because of that. Because it's like, they knew what the fuck they were doing. Mm. And was it a coincidence that, that they were all either Asian cops or white cops? Wow. Just it, it, That's my experience. Zero. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a, in, in a middle class area, but as a minority. So they looked at me as the troublemaker, as the kid that shouldn't be in the city. Mm. Whoop-de-whoop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that being said, what, 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 what happened to George Floyd shouldn't have never happened. Because counterfeit money, I used to have a lot of counterfeit money back in my day. Mm. I used to buy all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Buy dope, drugs, buy jewelry, go into grocery stores, try to flip it. So for anyone that's commenting negatively, do not judge a book by its cover because if you had a friend or family member that was doing that or by coincidence was doing drugs, you would not want them to be treated that way. Well, no one deserves a death penalty or a death sentence. Exactly. For, you know, I mean, unless it's like, you know, anyways, that's that not in that way. Right. Not in that way. Not in, on the floor, on a, on a street with some five cops holding you down and you're pretty much helpless. That's that's sending a message, right? We can do this, and we're going to continue to do this, right? And really, it's because we don't have the information that we need to know, right? What is that information? How? It's not defunding the cops. It's understanding the laws that were put in place to keep them in check you know when people go oh the constitution and the bill of rights that's for white people to fucking i if i if i was a chief or if i had you know voice back then and i was dealing with them it's like okay cool you wrote the you wrote down your rules for your own population to follow not for me to follow why the fuck do i need to follow that shit right because this is my original land i have my own relationship with the earth and water right why do I need to follow a constitution written by a foreign person on the lands that my grandfathers have died and were born again here? You understand? So the constitution and the bill of rights is for their community, 
They should follow that shit. Right? We're sovereign. We have to create that stance. We have to remain sovereign as best as we know how and do the research and understand that people are operating under color of law. What is color of law? That means that you incorporate a city, you put out a grant, somebody fills that grant up, they hire police officers. That's a color of law. Like they're just like, you got to go that deep into the way they structure things so that this is the one thing I've been learning on social media is when people confront police officers and they know more law than the police officer, right? The police officer gets shocked and gets scared at, at one point. It's like, whoa, wait, am I, dude, I don't want to get sued for $15,000 or, you know, I don't want to get, because then that's when they really get in trouble. When you fucking sue them, right, for $50,000, $100,000. Now, some cities like Los Angeles have $4 million budget to pay off this shit, right? They, as a matter of fact, the city of Los Angeles has so much money that if something happens in a neighborhood, they give you money. They go, hey, man, that sucks. It happened in, our, in your neighborhood and under our municipality. So we're going to give you a, what do you call a victims of crime grant. That's how much money Los Angeles has. Right. If something of that nature happens in that neighborhood. So, I mean, we have to be really we have to be responsible about what. And, and this isn't an overnight fix. This is going to take 100, maybe 200 years of focused energy. And if you peel back the onion of the United States and the relationship with the indigenous people, you'll realize that those rules they said they were going to follow, not us. We were already free. You're copying our structure of life. That's the way I feel. Man, that's deep. We could go all day about this. Well, you know, there's, there's, that, that, there's two sides of the fence for everything. We, right away we get mad. Oh, a cop hurt us. A cop didn't hurt you. Some thug that they hired... Who put in the grant for whatever it was. Because, you know, you, you, SWAT teams are, you know what SWAT teams are? SWAT teams are, are you can put an RFP for, for a SWAT team in a community that needs one. So then you go, oh, wow, I'm ex-military. I'm going to join this team and the SWAT team. It's just a grant that the, the state gave some people. Right? But we are uneducated under, on, on law that they said they were going to follow. So they go, well, he doesn't even know about these laws, so I'm going to fucking break every one of them and force you to do shit. You know, fuck you. I am going to take you to jail and beat you down. What are you going to do about it? But if you know law, right, if you know how to protect yourself just by understanding the way they are structured, because I've seen it. I've seen it, like, in YouTube where they fucking challenge, like, courts. Have you seen that, um, uh, Tall Paul? Um, what was that you said? When they, uh, when, they, when they challenge jurisdiction, jurisdiction, like say, for instance, somebody gets arrested for like, I don't know what, you know, being a belligerent or to a cop or whatever. And, and then these individuals called Moorish nationals. Have you ever heard of them? Um, no, I don't believe so. Well, Moorish nationals are dope because they, they claim their Moorish law, right. And jurisdiction, right. And under jurisdiction, they're not really. They, in other words, the court has to prove jurisdiction over you, right? And sometimes they'll go, I don't need to do that. Why do I need to do that? I'm the judge here. You're not the judge. 
And, and I've seen people really battle them. And at the end, they fucking leave the courtroom because they understand maritime law and admiralty law. These are laws that we need to get really into just to know the, the basic structure. Because these laws have been coded over with picture of wall and, it, and it's a white wall and then they paint it black. But there's a white layer underneath it. That's the way these laws are built, right? Until you question them. Until you challenge them. And I'm challenging it. I'm challenging the Constitution. That's their fucking law. That's their rules for their community and their population because they used to live in these little colonies with forts around it. And we used to live outside of that, in the forest, in the desert, in the jungle of it. That's where we come from. That's what I feel. You know, I could admit... Just, there's just only a handful of cops that are probably decent and cool, but the majority of them are pieces of shits. That's how I feel. They all have agendas. my experience. I don't know, Tall Everyone has agendas. How do you feel about this, bro? Have you ever had bad experiences with the police? No, yeah. Yeah, I've had bad experiences, and people will say, oh, yeah, there's good cops, and there's people, you know, who get in it for the right reasons, but the problem is it's the whole policing system is the problem. So you can't go in there as an individual or even a small group and change things, you know what I mean? So once you become a cop, like you said, you basically become a that piece of shit system and therefore you're going to be a piece of shit. Um, whether that's, you know, not not uh, standing up for somebody who you see is being killed or mistreated by one of your one of your coworkers or, you know, whether you're doing it yourself. So, yeah, no, that, I, I agree. It's more of, of a power trip, right, Zero? This is, this is the way people. I feel. It's very, it's, this is, I don't know if this is going to make sense to both of you or into the LA Natives community, but this is the way I see cops. Picture like an old Western movie, right? And remember in that movie, somebody would be, you know, at the saloon playing cards in a table, right? And a sheriff will walk into the saloon and says, I need four men to come with me. And we're going to go hunt these guys down. Here's your deputy badge. And they throw him a little badge and it says deputy. That's what I feel cops are. Right? These regular guys that someone threw them a badge and said, now you have power. Just because they said, because the sheriff who's wearing a little tin sheriff badge that says sheriff on it. And he has five other little sheriff, or not sheriff badges, but deputy badges. Right? They don't say sheriff, they say deputy. The person in power is the person who says sheriff because he's the one voted in. At least that's the way it works here. But see, we don't even know the structures of how they have that in place. And there has to be challenges towards their authority. They can't just have authority to kill people. But if we don't, if we're uneducated in how to challenge it, then they'll continue to do it and do it and do it and do it. And that's become... That, that's, that becomes a monster of power because no one will challenge, no one will fire them. Some people get fired, though. Some people get fired. Some people get, you know, suspended. The more you... That one person, I heard somebody say on social media... I just media, see it that the reason why they throw people under the bus is to cover their asses. I think what, what, this is the best... Somebody on social media said, you want to affect your community's police department? Start suing them. And you'll see how fast they change. Yeah. 
Because not everybody has the county of Los Angeles' budget, which is $4 million. I think a year, I believe. Is it $4 million or $4 billion? It's probably $40 million. Maybe $40 million. You're right. You're right. Because that $4 million doesn't sound too much. But $40 million, like, they could buy whatever they want. Like, fuck it. You killed them, or I right, fuck it. Give them a million bucks. There. That, that, we're dealing with Rome. We're dealing with modern-day Rome. Right? That's what we're dealing with. Their structure. They're just calling it something else. They're calling it the United States. They're calling it police force. They're calling it, you know, these are Romans because they follow a Greco-Gregorian calendar, which is from Rome. The most important thing that we as a community of natives have, there's one important thing that our ancestors gave us. There's one thing they gave us in any tribe, in any Mesoamerican culture, anything. They gave us time. How did they do that, Zero? By marking the solstices and the equinoxes, right? Yep. The Ojibwe, they celebrate those things, right? Um, I, I would assume so. I mean, like... I know we were real familiar with uh, all the stars and, you know what I mean, all that. I don't get too much into that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, would, the stars are – there's there's no way you can't track a star without counting how many days it is to get to that moment yeah. where that star comes out. Yeah. It's time. Math. It's time. Music. It's time. And we're all following a fucking Gregorian calendar. We all follow a clock system made up by Roman numerals. And then we ask why we're out of time. Literally, oh, I'm late. I'm out of time. What time is it now? Oh, we're, the podcast is over. We're out of, we're following some shit that's fucked up. But there's an answer to it, and that's following your own traditions. And I'm glad that you're incorporating your traditions in your music, brother. And this is why Tall Paul's on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he, he's definitely one of the sharpest, dopest artists, period, out of Minnesota. And in a long time, yeah. Yeah. Um, you've been in the game for years, man. And I just want to thank you again for jumping on this podcast, man, humbly. Um. Man, zero. This Absolutely. is this is a a, a a a very a very bright interview right here. Yeah, and share your your handles, your um. Social, oh yeah, social media handles and website. Yeah, so social media. It's all uh, it's all at Tall Paul Hip Hop, and it's spelled uh P A U L. Sometimes people will say it's spelled Paul like tall. You know, it's Tall P A U L Hip Hop. Uh, and then that's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, I try to get do you have a, a YouTube bit on there? All of the yep, YouTube. Um, I believe that would be the same. It might be Tall Paul Six One Two, but uh, yeah, I try to make everything consistent. It's either Tall Paul Hip Hop or Tall Paul Six One Two, which is the Minneapolis area code where I'm from. Perfect. And now then your latest releases, Future Ancestors. It's the EP. I just released that a week ago, a little over a week ago. Um. Definitely. I mean, that's on streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple Music. You can also find it at my personal music page, tallpawhiphop.bandcamp.com. Um, they're much more generous with like royalties and things like that. So when you buy there, I, I see more of the money. But 
and he's streaming is uh, much appreciated too. And I'm also dropping another album in May um, about Jim Thorpe. He was a legendary native athlete who inspired me. His story inspired me as a kid growing up as a young athlete. Um, I played football and I found out about him. He was a 1912 Olympic gold medalist, NFL football hall of famer, played major league baseball. He was a ballroom dance champion. Um, wow. Got offered like a $50,000 boxing contract just off of the status of his name. You could think of him as like, you know, a LeBron James type figure. That was his stature, but like in the early 1900s. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing an album about him called The Story of Jim Thorpe, and that'll be out in the end of May. But right now, you know, I just released Future Ancestors, that EP. You can find that, too. Absolutely. Well, everybody in LA Natives and Lost Aslan community, go, go listen to Tall Paul. Follow him, um, buy his merch if he has merch available. I want to make sure, Top Paul, you know that you need to tap in with us when you plan on coming out to LA, bro. You know, oh, yeah, no we, doubt. Um, we, we, we host and throw some of the dopest hip hop shows. I personally run one of the illest hip hop websites worldwide, it's called Underground Hip Hop Blog. Um, we host some major events, and June 25th, 2022. We are going to do it again. We want to get as many dope indigenous hip hop artists in one room and let's showcase our talent. Zero. Absolutely. It's going to be packed. It's going to be sold out. Um, the invites there. Tall Paul, if you ever want to come out to L.A. and perform in front of a sold out show with like minded individuals, with fans and enthusiasts of raw, dope indigenous hip hop, bro. Like, you know, we are here. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that for sure. I might have to try to make it out there sometime. Absolutely, man. I'm definitely going to reach out to you uh, after this podcast and uh, hopefully figure it out. Hopefully, I, we could bring you out, man, because it's like, that's what we like to do, right, Zero? Just, you know, bring out cats that are, like, out of this market. That are talented. Yeah. That, that have something to say about our indigenous communities, that have something to say about our indigenous heroes like Jim Thorpe and... um speaking our original languages and in our music and, and me being a, a hip-hop influencer man i love Bandcamp. i fucking hate spotify itunes i hate youtube because they're out to kill the independent artists because yeah. they keep 80 90 percent of the revenue and they don't even tell you mm. they make you think that you get the majority of it but you don't so guys Tall Paul said to visit his Bandcamp. Make sure you type in on Google Bandcamp Tall Paul. Buy that record because if you do buy or purchase or stream that single or that record, he gets literally 98% of that funding. Perfect. That's a good And that's system. what I'm all about. It's a good system. And if you have Tall Paul, if you have physical CDs, guys, listeners, viewers, make sure you guys support. Maybe I'll release Tonali Nagual mixtape on Bandcamp. Do you have a Bandcamp zero? I don't. Oh, you don't? Yeah, we need to make you. I haven't, I haven't released music on like for monetization. And 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 Tall Paul, I want to thank you for actually shouting out your Bandcamp, man. Like, that's a true artist right there, bro. Like, I'm on the same page with you, brother. Oh yeah, no doubt, for sure. Absolutely, brother. Well, thanks for showing, uh, for for coming on our show, and uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you too soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yo, Tall Paul. Thanks again for the interview, man. And I will be chopping it up with you shortly, brother. Thank you. All right, cool. Thank you for having me. Tall Paul. Wow. That was a good interview right there. Minnesota. Yeah, he's really smart. I love his music, man. I'm actually he's dope. on the drive home. I'm going to go check out his whole catalog on Bandcamp. Yeah. 
if we could support him, that'd be great. Cause you know, it only comes back to us when we support um, our own community. Then we, sh we show uh, respect to ourselves, right? When, when you share the LA natives podcast and get our, our YouTube, you know, to the numbers that it needs to be, you're showing pride in your own self because we're a reflection of you. That's it. It's no, there's no one better here. You know, we, we actually put the show together out of love, right? No one pays us to get here. No one, we have no sponsors. You know, this is all out of love, love for ourselves, right? I love myself. I love my community and I love my indigenous blood. And we need to break cycles that need to be challenged, right? We need to understand that we can't complain about police officers if we don't know the structures in which they operate, right? We need to know the rules in which they're supposed to operate so we can challenge it and do it with authority, right? That's the only way. But when you peel it, it when you're dealing with... Um, decolonization it's like an onion man you got to peel off so many layers of it right and then you get to the core when you get to the core the core is your own humanity where do you stand on this earth where do you stand on mother earth what traditions do you follow if you have any and if you don't have any which traditions are you seeking out to implement not just to know Sometimes our people get stuck with just knowing. Oh, yeah, I read that book. Oh, yeah, I know that ceremony. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but don't know how to share. We need to share. This is the sharing time. There's a lot of things being taken away from us. The economy is going crazy. But if we keep our fundamentals, which is respect for yourself because you're a part of a great, beautiful Mother Earth and a community. We got to believe in our own community, man. It's time. You know, I feel happy being able to come back on today and share my, my opinion. And we're peaking right now. We got a lot of people tuning in, man. That was a great interview, Zero. Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, we're here to expose people if in, it, in every corner of an hour. For, for everyone watching... We got plant-based Aslan. We got Manalani Superfood open mics. This and Friday. Best Believe this Friday. And Best Believe, you guys save that date. Everyone that's tuning in and it's going li to listen to this on Spotify, June 25th. Wasn't it June 25th last year? Yes. And it's going to be this year. Nice. And we're planning on doing it annually. You know right? why we picked June 25th? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead and break it down. Zero. It was Custer's last stand. That's, when yeah. we, that's a victory on us. That, that's a victory. So when you come to the show... You're showing that you were a part of victory, right? You remember the victory against these people. And guys, we have to compete against the mainstream underground, mainstream commercial hip hop. You know, there's, you know, my goal is to gather thousands one day yeah. to enjoy a collection of dope and indigenous hip hop artists. And I'm devoted to that, Zero. You know that. Yeah. It, it, it takes so much work and time and and resources to to get these shows organized and put together but man um it's in the work so for june 25th 2022 we are working on the lineup i expect everyone that's tuning in if you're from out of state out of the country fly in drive to la june 25th is your night right zero yes it's a it's a day that we all gather in celebration 
of our own selves, our own power, our own ancestors. They, I, I believe they, they come out on that day and they're waiting for us to celebrate with them their bravery, right? Because the point wasn't to destroy the U.S. The point was to show the U.S. that you're not all powerful, that we still have mystical beings and warriors that can come from the ether to protect us. That's what we're doing here, man. It's not going to be a $20 show. It's not going to be a $30 show. It's going to be a $10 event. It's going to sell out. Pre-sale. So once we release this ticket link, make sure you guys cop it. Make sure you guys make your plans. It's going to be on a Saturday night. I think it was a Sunday night uh, last time, right? This year, they gave us the Saturday night because the catch one was so impressed. They went ahead and donated their venue again to us. Nice. And gave us the the peak time and peak day, Saturday night. Cool, because, you know... You will be performing your, your, your new tracks, right? Yes. There I'll be is. performing uh, Global Pandemic, Urban Native, and uh, most of my, my mixtape that is unreleased. We're, invi- we're inviting Ozumali. We're, invited, uh, we're inviting Sub One. Yep. And if there's any vendors that are interested, feel free to hit us. Hit us on a DM. Email us at the LA Natives Podcast. We're only going to have six vendors. So. Six vendors. Yeah, that's all I could fit. Yeah, but, you know, that's what I'm trying to tell the vendors. You know, her, you know, don't don't hesitate. When we give the availability for the tables, don't hesitate. Do not hesitate. It, they're not going to be, like, they, they're going to go really quick. And, you know, and we got some really cool surprise headliners. And um, we really want to just put this celebration out there for our future generations, like, like, like Brother was talking about, you know, our future ancestors, right? And those ancestors probably aren't born yet. You know, they're in the spirit of the youth. And, and we're trying to gather the youth, right, to show them that they're powerful, that they're loving, that they matter. Not like in a protest or on a T-shirt. You matter because you're a complex human with a nervous system and a blood flow and a brain. And heart, all these things are very complex, unexplainable things. Use that magnificence and power to affect your loved ones, your community, yourself. Right? That's my journey that's been on. The, I've been on this journey of healing myself. Like Brother said, uh, um, Tall Paul said, you know, I came to find out that, you know, I could burn my own sage and put out my own tobacco and say my own prayer. And you can use that power now. Now's the time. Now's the time to really be confident in that. You are all you got. We are all we got. So we have to be strategic, communal, and most of all, loving. Next week, we got Polka One. Nice. I like her. She's dope. She's a dope MC. She's actually one of the dopest female MCs out of LA right now, she's man. Really dope. Just coincidentally, she's native. And that's cool that that we're featuring somebody that's been a part of our events. Yes. Because Polka was at the first event. Yes. And right? she killed it. She rocked it. And it she's going to be invited uh this year as well. Cool. Well, that's 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 great. You we know? got two stages, Zero. Yeah. We're gonna have artists in the uh tavern room and artists in the noise room so okay uh there it is guys it's going to be a two-stage event the place fits about about 300 we're going to have six maybe seven vendors um zero's going to be killing it as you guys all know zero's a legendary indigenous hip-hop artist with a, a vast catalog and we got some surprise headliners yeah, i can't wait to announce them because i think 
for ten dollars, it's gonna be, it it's gonna it's gonna sell out. And I hope you know. Don't hesitate when we put out the the link too, because we were kind of nervous for the first year, right? Because we didn't know what what to expect. Yeah, but we know that the family, the Alienatus family, the Alienatus community, they show up, and they show up from far. You know, some even though we up. had some people, you know, uh, against the event, we overcame that. Yeah, well, this time we hopefully don't have to deal with any drama because we're we're not malicious. We're trying to gather. We're trying to inform and we're trying to heal because there's some very wicked things that are happening out there. Right. Like, you know, current events is off the charts right now. Yeah. And I want to get into more current events. Zero. Like next yeah. week, we're, we're going to go ahead and sit down and, and talk about some current events uh, that are happening, you know, just on the norm and then some. Some native, some indigenous current current events. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we should highlight, you know, like we're highlighting um, uh, the the Custer's Last Stand. Yes, Custer's right. Last Stand. The Battle of Bighorn. Custer, yeah, the, the Battle of Bighorn Part 2, part June 25th, two. man. You know, uh, we're going to stick with that name, Zero. I, I, think, I think us having to change the name the first year ended up working to our favor. Wow. Because I love that that gimmick and and that that theme right it's behind. more of a theme than yeah. a gimmick no i'm gimmick, sorry gimmick. no 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 i it, just don't it want people to wrong i don't know it, it came out wrong no but you I know how critical theme. you know how critical you know our community yeah, is. Our, our community <laughs> is very very critical on what we name our goddamn events guys right like so, we, we had you know just i don't know but this year it's going to be bigger and better $10 event. We got some crazy special guests. How many $10? We got Deso Somok. I, I want to invite Deso Somok. Oh, he's, for sure. He's one of the dopest, for sure. you know, spoken word artists, man. Um, and I think you were planning on a special uh, designated VIP area upstairs above the tavern room where you're going to have some um, Malinali superfood drink samples and potentially some vegan vegan food, right? Just for yes. a, a, a select amount of people and the artists. VIP, whoever, yes. whoever buys. That's what we're working on, guys. Yeah, we're, we're still negotiating with the venue because, you know, obviously they sell food and, and drinks and things like that. And we're not trying to take away from the bar. Exactly. You know, we're, we're trying to keep that. Unfortunately, when we deal with Hollywood venues and things like that of that nature, you have to fulfill a quota. So, but those, but, 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 but we, I thought, I thought for but VIP, we, but for we the, want to make sure we support the bar and the venue because the venue, oh, for sure, they, they, they yeah, staff yeah. The, the entire night. There's a sound man, there's a, a visual guy, there's security, there's bartenders, man. Much love, right? Yeah, by, by no means am I saying not to buy that. What I'm saying is that. For the VIP individuals that are going to pay a little bit extra yeah. to be up there, they're going to have this. Um, we're going to we're going to have we're going to be able create, to meet artists. Yeah, they're going to meet the artists, all of us together. Right. And then also have some plant based food and some super food drink. So it's not just, a uh, you know, a table and then. You take a picture and you see, say, see you later. No, it's yeah. more of an intimate getting to know you and, and discussing things. Because I know my, at least where, where my audience, they want to know my opinion on certain things. You know, they want to they know uh, what my view is or what my perspective is. They always want to pick your brain. Yeah, well, the pers- you know, when you, when, when you um, see, you're responsible on creating your perspective, right? And that, and that. It, uh, 
that is what books you read, what religions you follow, what, what, what all that comes together and it creates a perspective, right? I'm honored that people want to know mine, but I'm humble about it because I don't know anything more than anyone else. And there's tons of people who know more than me, but I did do know one thing and I'm very confident about speaking from my tonal and my heart, right? And my message is very clear because I used to have to talk to nonverbal autistic kids for 20 years. I had to learn a language that they didn't even have. So when I communicate with my brothers, my community, and my loved ones, I come from my heart. And that's the way, the ancestral way. There was no gimmick. There was no need for it because you were your authentic self. And that's what we need to focus on as a community. And that's what I focus on when I share my opinion. And I'm sure Dakota Bear has an opinion. And, oh, shit, did I fucking, oh, damn. Could be a clue. <laughs> so rewind that one, Spotify. But, you know, I want everybody's opinion to be shared and know that there are some brave people that are challenging a very unstable time because freedom of speech is at stake. The freedom of having your own uh, ability to heal yourself is at stake. Um, the freedom to live anywhere you want is at stake, right? So these are the type of measures that they're putting in place very subtly. And they learned from their previous experiences of trying to conquer the world, right? In a, in a very oppressive and um, uh, authoritarian way. We as natives have dealt with that already. We've dealt with it so many times over the 500 years that we should be uh, able to deal with their new version of it because it's a very lazy version, right? It's not, I'm not saying it's not dangerous, but it's not very, everybody gives it up to the tech guys in charge right now, right? Like the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, the, all these people that are trying to put in measures of, of accounting, right? Because that's all computers are. It's just accounting, right? We want to know how many people are on this earth. We want to know um, what you're doing to earn your place on this earth, right? Because, I mean, there's some people saying some crazy, crazy stuff. But you know what? I wanted to talk about that this, this Wednesday, but I'm going to save it for next show, right? Because I really want to go into somebody who has the audacity to say why you should be living on this earth. You don't have that power. You're not a part of the universe. The universe doesn't even speak a language. The universe speaks beyond our comprehension. And there, has, are, there are individuals on this earth that are declaring themselves a, so intelligent that they can say, you don't belong here anymore. And there's going to be some more discussion about that next week. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to share my opinion. I want to shout out everybody who listens to this podcast and has gone to Malinali Superfoods and has kept the doors open there for this long. I want to thank Armando for um, taking some time to do this podcast today and, and, uh, and know that we're working together as a team to affect our community. And, and community out there, come in, do you, you got to come to the event June 25th. You got to support the, the, the open mic. And express yourself. Let's create the community that we always dreamed of. A community that always is there for each other. You know, when 
when the Spaniards came and they started taking away the elders and they started taking away the moms and the dads and they started and all they left were the children. Well, the children gathered together and they took care of themselves. Right. With the inspiration of their mother and their father and the people that were, you know, were a casualty of this reality. We have a new shirt on our website. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, check it out. We have some new merchandise there. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to cut the show off and, you know, check out our new website. Check out our new merchandise. Um, and we'll get more into the, 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 the current events Support next, next, next Wednesday. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Spread the word. Go on our website. Get some merch. We got some new gear on deck. Next week, we're going to be releasing another design. And we're fully booked for the next two to three months. So uh, spread the word. We are fully back. Um, next week, we got Polka One. Damn, Zero. It's going to be an amazing show next week. Absolutely, brother. I mean, I can't say. I, I mean, I'm excited to be back on. I'm excited to see the chat like just blow up everybody on the chat. Shout out to everyone, whether you had a positive opinion or not, because I know sometimes, you know, people tell me, hey, do you, did you see that that comment from so and so? And I was like, you know, I don't take it personal, man. Everybody has the right to an opinion and I'm not claiming to know everything and 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 to have the right words to say. All the time, I just know my skills and my skills working with autistic kids that are nonverbal and violent allowed me to open my heart and be able to communicate with individuals, you know, and that's been my talent for a while. And that's why I became a poet. And that's why I'm sharing my opinion on this podcast, but I do it in a humble way. So no, don't ever, ever feel like, or I hope I never give the impression that I know more than I do. Cause I don't, I don't know nothing. I only know my own heart and my own experience and my own conclusions and my own perspective. If that helps you, I give that with all my love, right? So we'll see you next Wednesday, my brothers, sisters. Thank you for joining us. Shout out to the chat. Shout out to Jenny, my partner. Shout out to my family, my kids. And um, we'll see you next Wednesday. Tonantu.